hope you're uh, continuing to keep up with us as we uh, think about our, um, sorry, I forgot to pull up my, I got all excited in worship today, I forgot to pull up my (laughs) notes. Um, I hope you're uh, continuing to follow along with us in our 40 days of prayer. We're entering into the home stretch now this week, and uh, we've uh, we've done daily meditations on how to um, enter into meaningful prayer for the last uh, 35 days, and we've got uh, one more week to go, and then uh, next Sunday evening, we'll be getting together and uh, concluding our prayer journey. And I trust that this has been a helpful time for you. And uh, I would ask that if you come next Sunday evening, come prepared to share something that God uh, showed you uh, in our prayer journey. And, uh, and uh, we'll love to share in fellowship together with one another. Today I'd like to conclude my Sunday morning series on prayer with a message from Colossians chapter 4, uh, talking about how to engage people in our culture and how prayer helps us to do that. And so as we enter into that subject, please join with me in prayer. Lord, now we um, want to continue in worship by studying your word. Pray that you would meet us in your word. Thank you, Lord, for the assurance that your word never returns void and that even as the rain nourishes the earth so your word nourishes our souls and accomplishes exactly what you want it to do I pray you do that this morning I pray Holy Spirit that you would give me your grace and power to to communicate clearly and I pray that anything that is not from you that you would protect us from it But that which is from you, I pray that it would find fertile fertile ground in our hearts and take root and grow and produce much fruit that lasts. To that end, we commit this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in the years that I've been a pastor, I think I've been a pastor now for 42 years, um, one of my observations is that the Christian activity that causes the most inner conflict in the life of a believer is talking with those outside of the faith about Jesus. Some of you are nodding your head. There are about, um, church experts say that there are about 10% of every congregation who are gifted in outreach. They have this ability to just connect with people and sharing with people about Jesus just is so natural it just comes out. They're, that's a spiritual gift. But what about the other 90% of us? <laughs> well, Paul says to Timothy, who is his young protege, evidently he did not have the gift of evangelism. And so Paul said to him, Timothy, my son, do the work of an evangelist. In other words, even though you're not gifted in it, I challenge you to be involved in outreach. Now, that word evangelist, I think, has all sorts of baggage in our culture today. I was talking with Pastor Ian this week, and I learned that a significant number of Christian millennials 
question whether or not it's even appropriate for a Christian to share their faith with someone outside of the faith. And I wondered about that, and I've been thinking about that this week, and I think probably I would suspect that their concern is is that um, a very high value among that age group of people is that they want to protect a person's and respect a person's privacy. And they want to promote acceptance and love, and, and they want to celebrate diversity in our culture. And so they're thinking, well, you can believe what you want to believe, and I'll believe what I want to believe, and we'll just, we'll just get along. That, that seems to be the ethos of that younger generation. And I think there's a lot of people in all the other generations in this culture that think the same thing. So I wonder, is it even appropriate to share the gospel? Uh, I can understand where a person would think that. But yet, what did Jesus tell us? The last words of Jesus to his people was, Go into the world and make disciples. Go and do the work of an evangelist. So what I would like to suggest is that instead of saying, I'm going to go and evangelize or I'm going to do evangelism, we think about engaging people in our culture, which is the title of my message. To engage means to get involved. Now, we take an initiative when we engage with people, but engaging means to build bridges, to enter into meaningful conversations, and to dialogue. Engaging people in our culture means making a substantive contribution to the lives of others, individually or in a social setting, a contribution that spreads God's love and promotes his gospel. I would suggest that's something that we can all get behind. And let's look at how the Apostle Paul encourages us to engage people in our culture as he instructs the Colossian church in chapter 4, beginning with verse 2. So if you have your Bibles, open them with me to Colossians chapter 4, beginning with verse 2. Paul writes, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Verse 5, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Principal thought in this, this paragraph is found in verse 2. And you can see it very clearly. Be devoted to prayer. Pray. In this context, it's clear that Paul is, praying, is saying, pray as you engage culture. He talks about outsiders. He talks about sharing the message. He talks about giving an answer to the, thing, uh, to, the, to the ideas that you have. The context clearly talks about engaging people with the gospel. Verses 3 and 4, Paul prays that he himself might have opportunity to share the gospel. 
Then in verses 5 and 6, he instructs believers on how to be effective as they share the gospel. And so I would suggest to you that these two areas, opportunity and effectiveness, should be the subject of our devotion in prayer. Be devoted to prayer in your outreach. And so I'd like to suggest this overall theme that you might be able to remember as you take home from this passage, and it's this. First, talk to God about men. Then, talk to men about God. First, talk to God about men. Before talking with men, pray for them. Talk to God about them. Spend time um, thinking about and praying for them. And once you pray for them, then talk to them about God. Uh, Last two weeks, we've discussed that sometimes culture pushes back when we talk about the Lord. Um. But that doesn't mean that we withdraw from culture. We may be engaged uh, even in the midst of suffering. It would be easy to turn and run, wouldn't it? To circle the wagons, turn inward, attempt to protect ourselves from harm so that we don't experience what the Thessalonians or the Thessalonians were experiencing. But if we did that, brothers and sisters, how would anybody know the gospel that so powerfully impacted us? Jesus said, go give it away. Jesus commanded us to love the world. So how do we engage the culture? I would suggest we do it through prayer. We talk to God about men and women and boys and girls, and then we talk to men and women, boys and girls, about God. Now notice in verse 2, in our praying, Paul says, be watchful. Literally, that means be alert. And then he says, be thankful. I would suggest that these two phrases talk to us about expect. When you pray to God about men... And then you talk to men about God, expect God to do something. (laughs) Be watchful. Be thankful in advance. Because when God's people pray, God moves. And especially as we're engaged in sharing the gospel. So first we talk to God about men. Then we talk to men about God. Let's look at the two ways that we do this. First, Verses 2 to 4, pray that God will open doors for us to proclaim Jesus. Verse 3, Paul says, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Paul refers to an open door for his message. Now, an open door is simply a way to, to talk about an opportunity. An opportunity that we did not necessarily create. An opportunity that God created for us. So Paul here is instructing to us, pray that God would give us the opportunity to engage the culture, to engage people. Pray that God would open up an opportunity for us to talk to them about Jesus. Um, Let me give you a couple of suggestions on how to be watchful in this endeavor. 
look for times when people are going through hardship and maybe come alongside of them when they're in the midst of a difficulty. Look for opportunities when people are in times of transition and they're trying to get acclimated to a new circumstance and pray that God might give you an opportunity to come alongside of them and to help them in that time. Pray that God might um, help you to come along someone who's experienced a loss, maybe the death of a loved one. Maybe you can come alongside of them and love them and care for them. And then pray that God would give you an opportunity to talk about eternity with them. During Christmas and Easter, perfect times to talk to people about Christ. Um, as we pray for those around us in our in our circle, we call it our sphere of influence, and we develop friendships with people. Just pray that there might be an opportunity to share the gospel. Ask God, God, help me, give me, give me an open door. Uh, not long ago, uh, when my wife has been uh, sir, uh, working in her insurance company, uh, people would come to her and ask her to pray for them. Because they knew that I was a pastor, that she was a pastor's wife. They knew that we were religious people. <laughs> so will you pray for us? And so Faye went to them and said, would you like to do devotions during our lunch hour sometime? And they said, we would love to do that. She had an opportunity, a wide open door, to talk to her coworkers about Jesus. Pray to God about men. Ask God to open up doors of opportunity that we didn't create ourselves. Now, that's not that difficult, is it? Pray and say, God, give me the opportunity. You give me the opportunity, you open the door, I'll walk through it. But look at verse 3. He tells us what to say when that door opens. This is a prayer for an open door, an opportunity to talk about Jesus. Paul calls it our message. What is Paul's message? I want you to listen carefully because this is something I think sometimes we misunderstand as believers. Our message is not the message that Jesus preached. That's not our message. Our message is not love, forgiveness, compassion, Humility. These are things that Jesus taught. That's not the message that we take to people when God gives us an open door. You know, as well as I do, that these are wonderful things and they're preached by Buddhists. They're preached by Muslims, Jews, Oprah. Right? What's Christian about that? The message that we preach is Jesus. The message that Jesus is the way. The message that Jesus is the truth. The message that Jesus is the life. And then here's the thing that's hard in our culture. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only truth. Jesus is the only life. See, and that's the part where we're going to get resistance. But you wonder, why do we have to make such a big deal about Jesus is the only way? 
Do you remember when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before he was crucified? And he went to God and he said, Father, isn't there another way? Can you take this cup from me, Kent? Isn't there another way to do this? And the Father came back to him and said, You've got to go to the cross. There's no other way. The only way anybody can have a relationship with God is through the cross. And Jesus walked that path for us. Jesus and the cross is the only way for a person to have a relationship with God. Now, our hesitation is, but I'm so inadequate. I mean, I I don't know all the answers. I don't, you know, I haven't memorized Josh McDowell's book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. I mean, I I don't know all the arguments. I'm not Lee Strobel. I, I I can't do all that stuff. Listen to what Paul tells the Romans in chapter 1. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because... It, the gospel, is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. See, Paul is praying for an opportunity to tell the word of God, the gospel of God, Jesus to people, and that word has the power. We don't have to do the power. The Word has the power. Here is Paul's testimony in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Listen to Paul himself. Probably the most educated and genius man around. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except what? The cross. Jesus and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Oh, we're all inadequate. (laughs) We are. We're going to fumble. We're going to say something wrong. We're not going to be, you know, we're not going to be consistent with Grudem's systematic theology. We're not going to, you know, follow the Westminster's confession. We're going to mess it up. But if we tell people about the cross of Jesus, who he is, what happened on the cross, God will take it from there. And that's something to pray about. Be devoted to prayer. Pray that God would give us an opportunity that we might have the, the privilege of sharing with someone the gospel of Jesus, how he went to the cross, paid the penalty for our sins, rose from the dead to prove that his sacrifice was acceptable. God will take it from there. So pray. Pray that God would give us opportunities to share about Jesus. But secondly, verses 5 and 6, 
pray that we would be wise. Pray that we would be wise as we proclaim Jesus. He says, conduct yourselves wisely towards outsiders. Now, wouldn't it be easy if we just had, you know, some to-do, some, some to-do steps? You know, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this, and people will come to Christ. Um, if you're in a situation, uh, don't worry about it. Just do this, do this. Uh, don't do this. Um, be sure not to do that, but do this. And God doesn't give us those type of guidelines, does he? This idea of wisdom is all over the Bible. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, the wisdom books. Because God wants us to learn how to be to, to be faithful in any circumstance. Be wise. Develop wisdom. We need to find a way like Jesus did to eat with and laugh with and cry with the party people. How do you do that? Pray for wisdom. How do you get along with people who are the down and out crowd? Pray for wisdom. Or whatever crowd you're with. If God gives you an open door, well, what do I say? Pray for wisdom. You see, God wants us to be involved with our culture And he wants us to have wisdom so that we can maintain the message, the cross, while maintaining our integrity as we relate to those around us. Now, let me give you a suggestion. Um, Be careful with Christianese vocabulary. You know what I mean by that? Uh, We believers... um, have a history of understanding the Old Testament sacrificial system. We've been around each other for a long time. We've developed our little category. And we've got vocabulary that's very meaningful to us. Uh, we sang a song today that had just meaningful words and created word pictures in our mind that were very meaningful to us, like washed in the blood of the lamb. Outsiders don't know what that means. They they don't have a clue. We do. It's very precious truth to us. You know, we know the lamb of the Passover. We know the shedding of blood. You know, we know that the life is in the blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. That's a meaningful thing for us. It's not wise to say that to someone who doesn't know anything about the Bible. It's not wise to talk about uh, those type of things. Uh, Words that are meaningful, like, Theological words like justification and being redeemed and even, even the word saved. People don't understand those things like we do who have been thinking in the local church and have been disciple for 30 years and 20 years. We understand those things. But brothers and sisters, it's just not wise to use that type of talk with those that we're trying to relate to in our culture. Using these types of words, and I know this from experience, is perceived as condescending to people who listen to us. Don't talk down to me, they say. And that's happened to me. You're condescending when you talk about all this Christian stuff. I just want to know how to get to heaven. Be wise 
as we share our faith. You know, it, it, when we do that, it's like we're telling someone, let me, who knows all about spirituality, tell you, who is really ignorant, how you can become informed like me. We don't ever want to say that to somebody. We want to be wise as we share with those around us. And as we do, Paul tells us two ways to do that. Verse 5, number one, be invested in people. Invest in people. Paul says, make the most of every opportunity. Um, It's kind of like, you know, when, when you're with somebody and you lose track of time. You ever had a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden you look at your clock and go, whoa, you know, we met for lunch at 12 o'clock. Whoa, it's 1.30 already, <laughs> you know. That's investing in the person's life. It's not just, you know, well, you're my project today and I've got an assignment that I need to go and share my faith with someone. So, you know, Jesus died on the cross for your sins to pay your penalty. Thank you. Go and check them off. That's no investment. Paul says, make the most of your opportunity. Uh, invest in a person's life. Um, we get lost in a book. Get lost in the people that you're around. In the context of Christian outreach, make the most of every opportunity means to have meaningful experiences with people that are not bound with limitations. A genuine experience where you care for someone, where you take interest in someone, when the conversation is meaningful and below the surface, not just a word about Jesus, it's talking to them about life, a meaningful encounter where you become friends and you care about that person. Paul says when you engage culture, develop that opportunity and make the most of it. And that's something to pray about. Pray that as we engage with people that we can make the most of our opportunity. And then he says this, and this is probably the most important thing, and I know I'm getting close to my time, but indulge me here for this point because this is really, really important. Be gracious. Be gracious. Verse 6. Let your conversation be always full of grace seasoned with salt that you may know how to answer everyone. Now notice verse 6 does not say what to say. We already talked about that. Paul is concerned with how we say it. Say it graciously. Gracious. We want people to know Uh, We want people who are known for what we are for. We want to be known for lifting other people up. We want to be known for being positive and encouraging about life. To love people, expecting nothing in return. Seasoned with salt means we bring out the flavor in somebody, in a circumstance. Now, I'd like to suggest a principle that helps us to avoid not being gracious. (laughs) Being gracious means that our goal is not to win a debate. We're not here to win a debate. Some of us are able to present logic and reasoning 
that backs people into a corner. We're just that smart. I know we are. But you know what happens when you back somebody into a corner? One of two things. They'll either fight or they'll run. Fight or flight. And if we go in this and we say, oh, I'm going to convince you that Jesus is the Messiah. I'm going to convince you that he is the only way. And I'm going to bring all this logic to you. And I'm going to back you into a corner. Now will you accept Jesus? Anyone convinced against their will is of the same opinion still. Be gracious. We can win an argument, but they're no closer to heaven. And that's our goal. I've had people tell me, you don't have any right to, to, to cram your religion down my throat. This was a long time ago before I learned a little bit about grace, being gracious. You're cramming your religion down my throat. You have no right to do that. And you know what, brothers? I agree with them. We have no right to do that. Because we want to help people get to heaven. We want to let the word of God do its work. Our role is to be gracious. Now, some of us will say, yeah, but there are certain things we need to stand firm on. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I appreciate the efforts to change laws. Appreciate efforts to defend those who are defenseless. But when God gives us the opportunity to engage in a conversation with someone, the scriptures tell us, be gracious. Be gracious. How do you do that? Let me give you some suggestions. Number one. Listen in order to understand. Sometimes we talk to somebody and they talk back and all we're doing is thinking about what we're going to say next. Listen to them. Understand where they're coming from. Second, ask clarifying questions. You mean you think such and such and such and such? You you think that because there's evil in the world that God can't be a God of love? Help me understand what you're thinking. Why, Why do you think that? Elaborate on that thought. Three, repeat back to them what you heard. So you're telling me that, da 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 da. You're listening to understand. Then, Validate appropriate feelings. Validate appropriate feelings. That doesn't mean you're agreeing with someone who believes in a non-biblical principle. It means that you're asking them, what are your feelings about this issue? Why do you feel so strongly about it? Have you had a bad experience with somebody of faith? Maybe someone let you down. Maybe someone manipulated you. What are your feelings? Well, that, boy, that's a hard thing to think through. I can understand your feelings about that. That's what it means to be gracious. Then ask, would you be interested in another perspective? And if they say, no, I really don't, then say, all right, great. Just want you to know God loves you, and I do too. And if you ever like to talk about this again, I would love to engage with you. And then we go back to the first prayer, that God would give you another opportunity 
to talk to them about Jesus. But brothers and sisters, when we have the opportunity, be gracious. Be gracious in the way that we talk with people. Be gracious in the answers that we give them. This is a how-to, not a what command here. And I think that's something to pray about. So, a summary perspective. You know, sometimes we hear the phrase, ready, aim, fire. You know, sometimes as believers, we do ready, fire, aim. And we don't get anywhere. And the people we talk to are no closer to heaven. And that's the whole point. That's why we need to pray. Pray that God would help us to be effective as we share with people. Pray to God about men and women, boys and girls, and then talk to boys and girls and men and women about God. As I close, let me just give you a challenge. Um, Maybe you're thinking of someone right now that you would love an opportunity to share the gospel with. Maybe it's a co-worker. Maybe it's one of your kids. Um, Maybe it's your sister. Um, Maybe it's someone who lives next door. Do you know the names of your neighbors? Are you praying for them? Are you praying that God will give you an opportunity to, to to have a conversation with them? Write down their name. And this week, take a time in the morning to pray about them to God. That God would give you an opportunity to talk to them. And that when he does give you an opportunity that he would help you to be gracious, that he would help you to be invested, and that he would help you to be effective in sharing the message of Jesus. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, um, I have to confess that this felt a little bit like a seminar today. And... um, I really, want, I really want you to grip our hearts with the truth of your word. So I pray that you would, you would take these verses and the things that I shared and, and help us, Lord, to, um, to be really motivated by what Paul shared with us today. And, Lord, help us to be men and women of prayer as we think about those around us. Help us to be men and women of prayer, talking much with you about those around us. And then, when the opportunity comes, talk to them about you. May all that we do make much of you. In Jesus' name I pray.